0: We are uh, really putting the exclamation point on this series that we're calling Life Shift. I want you to turn to your neighbor, look at him and say, A shift is coming. Whether you are ready for it or not, it is on its way. And um, I think we all perhaps uh, would be, if we we're willing to admit, we all have maybe some shifts that we need to make in our lives and whether it's in a relationship maybe it's in our financial situation could be physically in our health could be our career our vocation it could be a lot of different situations and circumstances but at the end of the day here's what I know to be true we cannot become who we need to be by remaining who we are we have to make some shifts in our lives and you know when you think about making a shift, especially when it comes to a life shift. That can seem a little daunting or intimidating, right? Well, there are really two different kinds of shifts. There are those what I call regular shifts. In other words, they're the the slight adjustments. They're those course corrections along the way. So as we began this year of 2023, we all start with good intentions, right? But Human nature, for whatever reason, it just gets in the way. In other words, we have a tendency to drift. In other words, we, we, we get distracted. There, there are some things that come along that perhaps we didn't anticipate. Or maybe we just get distracted by all the other things. And as a result of that, guess what? We have to make some adjustments. We have to make some regular or maybe some smaller adjustments in our lives. It's, it's like the Nehemiah Principle. He he taught us in the book of Nehemiah when they were trying to rebuild the wall. It took them 52 days to complete it. But during the middle part of that journey, day 26, you know what he did? They had to make a shift. They had to get everybody back on the same page. He had to recast vision. And we have to do the same thing in our lives. And so no matter where you are along the way, I promise you, we're going to have to make some course corrections so that we can stay on the right path in order to reach our desired goals, our dreams, our aspirations for 2023. Now, those are the regular shifts. But at the same time, there are those situations and circumstances in our lives where we have to make what I call the radical shifts. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a 180. And it could be maybe a destructive habit. It could be an addiction in your life. It could be the fact that your marriage is falling apart. It could be that maybe you're in a financial collapse right now. And at the end of the day, there are some major adjustments. There are some radical shifts that you need to make In your life, you know, in um, many many years ago, when when NASA launched its you know first uh, rocket, its first shuttle, if you will, to the moon, it was referred to as Apollo Eleven. And Apollo Eleven was this amazing accomplishment where NASA put you know the, the 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 first man on the moon. And you know it was crazy when they when they launched. It not only got off to a great start, but you know what, because they knew they were going to the moon, along the way they had to make various course corrections in order to make sure that they landed in their desired destination, which was the moon. Of course, that was Apollo 11. Well, a few years later, here comes Apollo 12. The exact same thing happened. They made it successfully to the moon. But along the way, they had to make some adjustments. They had to make some course corrections so that they could land on the moon successfully. But then we all know perhaps what happened to Apollo 13, right? They launched. They are on their way uh, to the moon. But in this situation, something happened. And we all know that famous line. And what did they say? Houston, we have a problem. Right? And they had to abort the mission. They didn't reach their desired goal. They didn't reach their desired destination. They had to abort the mission. In other words, they had to make a radical shift. And maybe that's what some of you are doing right now. For some of you, you launched into 2023 like Apollo 11 and Apollo 12, and you know what? Everything is going great. You got a a crystal clear vision of where you want to go and what you want to accomplish and what you want to see become a reality by the end of this year. And you would probably agree that there are going to be some adjustments. You're going to have to make some regular shifts along the way so you can reach your desired destination. But some of you here today that are listening to my voice or watching online, you have a Houston, we have a problem moment going on in your personal life. And so today... I want to share with you three questions that you need to ask yourselves, whether you need to make some regular shifts or some radical shifts in your life in order for you to become all that God has in store for your life. And so these three questions come from an amazing story that we're going to unpack today. It's found in Mark chapter 10. And in Mark chapter 10, there's this incredible story, and I just want to give you a little bit of context to what was going on. Because Jesus and his disciples, along with literally scores and scores of other people, were going through the town or the city of Jericho. It was kind of like a a resort town at that time, and the reason why it was a bustling community and city is simply because so many of the people who traveled through Jericho went through Jericho because they had to go through Jericho in order to get to Jerusalem. Well, it was that time of the year where they were having the annual Passover feast, and so you had literally hundreds and thousands of people who were traveling to Jerusalem, but they had to go through Jericho. And I've been through Jericho myself, Michelle and I, we went there. It was an incredible, incredible moment to kind of take that all in and just kind of go back in time. Knowing that that was the first city that the Israelites conquered after they crossed the Jordan. But here's Jesus and his disciples and they're going through this city known as Jericho. We're going to pick up the story in verse 46 and following. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby. He began to shout, He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then the crowd said, Be Quiet, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and he said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. They said, Cheer up, come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What Do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And then instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Incredible story. Talk about a life shift. Well, let's unpack three specific questions That I think that led to this man's life shift, and I think are the same important questions that we need to ask ourselves. And the first, if you take notes, is this and that is the question: Where am I? Where am I? Turn to your neighbor, look at him, ask that person the question: Where am I? Now turn to the other person, say, "You're at Lake Nona High School." just in case you're wondering, okay, if you had a rough night last night, all right, You, you are where you're supposed to be right now. You're in church, okay, so that's a good place to be. So it's an important question. We need to know. We need to know where am I in the context of my life, in my marriage, in my relationships, in my career path, financially, where am I? Well, in Bartimaeus' case, he knew exactly where he was. He was blind. In fact, in those days, if you were blind, you were basically considered an outcast. You couldn't find a job. You couldn't get work. And the reason why is because most of the opportunities for work required some kind of physical or manual labor. Therefore, because he was blind, uh, the people uh, really just kind of pushed those who had that type of, uh, you know, Uh, situation, basically kind of to the curb. And as a result, those who were blind, the Pharisees, the religious people said, well, they're blind because of their sinfulness. But at the end of the day, they had a physical, they had a physical handicap. They were blind. And here he is. He is sidelined in his life. And basically all that he could do was to beg for food simply out of survival. So Jesus is passing along, he and his disciples are going through Jericho and something good is about to happen to this blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. And what's kind of cool about this situation and this specific story is Bartimaeus is not only blind, he's also the only blind person that Jesus healed that we're aware of that Jesus actually identified by name. Jesus healed a lot of other blind individuals in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Gospels. But yet, Bartimaeus is the only blind man that Jesus identified and called out by name. And what's interesting, in verse 46, it says he was sitting beside the road. And then in verse 52, it says that he followed Jesus on the road. So here is a man who is sidelined. He is dependent upon others, giving him scraps, food for his survival. He's blind. He can't see. Jesus comes along. And then the next thing you hear is that this man is following Jesus. He went from being blind to experiencing a major shift in his life where God touched him and healed him. And as a result, he left with his eyes open. His life changed. And now as a new follower of of Jesus Christ radical shift is exactly what Bartimaeus experienced in his life he was sidelined he knew exactly where he was he was at a place of desperation where there was no hope his dreams his goals his aspirations everything he longed for in life had basically had been thrown to the curb I believe the first step that all of us need to make in our lives, if we need, whether it's a regular shift that we need to make or a radical shift in our life, we need to stop and ask ourselves the question, where am I? And the reason why that's so important is because regardless of where you are, whether you're going through some challenges and some difficulties, and maybe in your marriage or maybe in your health or maybe you just lost a job or or maybe you're, you're drowning in some financial circumstances right now. Whatever it is, the first and foremost and most important thing that you can do is simply identify where you are. And the good news is, is that wherever you are, even in the middle of your most dire straits and circumstances, you need to be reminded and encouraged today that you don't have to stay there. There is hope and there is good news because Jesus is on his way. And so, with that in mind, how many of you, just curious, have ever been to the mall and you went to the mall to go to a specific store, but you didn't know where that specific store was located inside the mall? You ever been in that situation? Yeah. I have. You know, you go through, you park your car and you go through the, whatever entrance, you know, you're, you're going to. And somewhere throughout this mall, this massive, massive mall with perhaps millions of square feet, is a store you're looking to find. But you don't know where it's located. So all the smart people, the mall people, you know what they do? They put a directory right there at the entrance. They put maybe somewhere in the middle of the the mall, and what did they do? They provide a map. It is a visual layout of the mall, and what they do, wherever you are, as you are looking at that specific map, you'll notice there is a red little dot, and here's what it says. It says, you are here. You ever seen that? You are here. And what does it do? It is letting you know that you are at this specific location, and in order for you to get to where you're trying to go, you have got to follow that map. And so when you think about it, it's important that we realize that at some point in our life, we got to take the time and stop and look at the map. (laughs) But if you're anything like me, I'm guilty of saying, well, I'll figure it out. And I just kind of mosey around and, and I think, well, I think it's on that side of the mall. Man, I'll take off, walk in. And Michelle says, hey, no, 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 we need to, no, I, I know exactly where I'm going. And, you know, we take off. And then all of a sudden I get a little bit embarrassed because I'm too stubborn and I'm too hard-headed to ask questions and, and take a moment and, and, and identify where I am so I can understand where exactly I need to go. And not only that, for many of us, maybe we either don't want to take the time or we're just too stubborn or we just don't want to admit that we don't know where we're going. But at the end of the day, for some of us, you know what, we're afraid to even know where we are. It's like, man, I don't even know. I don't even want to know how bad it is. And at the end of the day, you can't go from where you are to where you need to be without first understanding where you are. You say, Well, how do I know what map I'm supposed to look at? Because there's been a lot of maps that have led me astray. I always go back and forth with my wife, Michelle, because I do not trust Google Maps. I do not trust Apple Maps. I don't always trust. And she's always saying, you've got to trust the map. I said, I don't trust the map because those maps have led me astray. They really have. But tell you something, There is only one map you need to focus on. You know what it's called? It is called the map of the Word of God. It will never lead you astray. It will never deceive you. In fact, here's what the Scripture says. The Scripture says it This way, this is so vitally important. In fact, do you know it's the first question that God even presented in the Bible? The question, where are you? Have you ever thought about that? This question, where are you, was the very first question that God asked Adam. And we know the story. It's it's, it's found in in Genesis chapter 3. God had created the the perfect environment. It was a paradise. Everything you could possibly think of that we could ever need or want or desire, God placed in the garden for man and for woman to enjoy. God placed boundaries. He said, don't cross the boundary. Don't eat from this specific tree called the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of its fruit, you shall die. There's consequences. And so we pick up the story there in, in verse 8 through 10 in Genesis 3. And when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid, notice they hid from the Lord among the trees. Why did they hide? I'll tell you why. Because they crossed the boundary, they did exactly what God told them not to do. So they hid from the Lord among the tree, the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man and he said, where are you? What did Adam say? He said, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid and I was afraid because I was naked. You know what's sad is that many times we're afraid once again to ask ourselves the question or maybe ask God the question where we are because we are afraid, we're embarrassed of what God might do knowing that we have disobeyed or knowing that we have strayed off course. You know, the reason why God asked Adam the question, where are you, it's not because God didn't know. God specifically asked Adam the question because he wanted to know that Adam knew where he was. In his shame, in his sin, because he didn't follow God's plan and purpose. And maybe for some of us, maybe at, you're at that place. And one of the things that you need to understand is that anytime you find yourself hiding, can I just say that is a warning light that you need to make a radical shift in your life. And sadly and unfortunately for a lot of us, maybe... We just don't want to get honest. But when God created us, listen, he created us to be in a right relationship with him. He created us. He wired us so that we could be open and honest and real and transparent to have an innocent relationship with him. To be open with him and to be open and honest with other people. And yet, when we try to hide and we try to disconnect or when we try to alienate ourselves away from God or from other people, guess what? We only find ourselves further and further away from where God desires for us to be. And that is in right relationship with Him and in right relationship with other people. So we need to ask the question where am I? Where am I spiritually? Where am I in my relationships and my friendships and my my marriage with my children and my family? Where am I physically? Where am I financially? Where am I vocationally with my career, my hopes and my dreams? Where am I? Because the only way we can truly know exactly where we are is when we get the right map that shows us and tells us. And helps us to understand how to get from where we are to where God desires for us to be. In Psalm 139, it says it this way in verses 23 and 24. The psalmist said, David said, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. And put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares and see if there is any path of pain I'm walking on. And lead me back to your glorious, everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. Isn't that awesome? I love that. But we need to first ask ourselves the question, where am I? Where am I? Bartimaeus knew exactly where he was. He was sidelined due to his blindness. But he also, I think, had to understand a very important question. And it's this question. Who am I listening to? Who am I listening to? You say, why is this particular question so important? Let me tell you why who we're listening to is so important critically important to our lives is simply because who we listen to influences ultimately where we end up in life. You either listen to the right voices or the wrong voices in your life. And in verses 47 and 48, it says it this way. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I find this interesting. Why did Bartimaeus say specifically those words, Jesus, son of David? Because he knew that the Messiah ultimately was going to come from the line of David. And therefore, he understood, he recognized that Jesus was who he claimed to be, that he truly was the Messiah. So here is a man who is physically blind, but yet he had the faith to spiritually see. Where, on the other hand, you had all of the other onlookers and the spiritual people who were standing by in the crowd. And even though they could physically see, they were spiritually blind in their hearts because they didn't understand, nor did they believe Jesus was who he claimed to be. So, therefore, notice what the crowd tried to do. They said, Be quiet. But notice, Bartimaeus only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. What an incredible exchange. Here, Bartimaeus is saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. And yet the crowd, the voices of influence surrounding him were only telling him to be quiet. To basically, hey, sit down and shut up. You know what's sad? is that we're living in that day and age in our culture today where we have the so-called experts and all the so-called voices of influences, all the social media influencers and all of the talking heads and all of the so-called experts and voices of authority that are speaking into what is right and what is wrong and what a Christian can be and what a Christian can't be and what a Christian should do and what a Christian shouldn't do. And all of a sudden, the world is trying to define for us Who we are, who we're not, what kind of life we should live. And you know, at the end of the day, we have got to say no. And we got to be willing to ignore the wrong voices so that we can hear the right voices that God wants to use in our lives. And here's what's powerful. The reason why Bartimaeus kept shouting even louder is simply because... He positioned himself to distinguish and understand the voice of Jesus. In other words, he stopped listening to the voices of the crowd so that he could hear the voice of Jesus. How in the world can we get wisdom in our lives When we're being distracted and being swayed by all of the negative, accusatory, demonic lies of our culture. I mean, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Social media, you name it. It's crazy. You talk about listening to the wrong voices. We will bet our lives on what somebody is posting about, we will buy into something that somebody is talking about over the television or over maybe some social media post or some blog of somebody's opinion. But let me tell you something. The only opinion that matters is the voice of Jesus speaking in our lives. And you can't hear the voice of Jesus if we're listening and welcoming and embracing the voices of the crowd. Here's how you distinguish the two. The crowd shouts, but Jesus whispers. The crowd interrupts, but Jesus invites. The crowd waffles, but Jesus never wavers. It's interesting. One moment you got the crowd telling Bartimaeus, hey, sit down and shut up, be quiet. And then after Jesus invites him to come to him, they're like, oh, hey, buddy, hey, this is your day. Come on, let's go see Jesus. I mean, he's a zero one second and then a hero the next second with the crowd. And that's exactly what culture does. The culture will turn on you. The culture will throw you to the curb. The culture will try to quiet you and cancel you. Why? Because they waffle on everything. What was truth yesterday is only a lie today. And what was good yesterday is bad today. That is the way the culture lives. But the crowd cares only about itself. But Jesus cares about you and me. And Jesus invites us. He invites us into his presence. You know why? Because he cares. And he wants us to be in a right relationship with. With him, but we can't hear his voice if we're listening to the crowd. So we got to ask ourselves the question. Number one, where am I? Bartimaeus knew exactly where he was. Number two, who are you listening to? You either listening to the crowd or you're listening to the voice of Jesus? And the third question is this: What do I want? Where am I? Who am I listening to? And what do I want? And this is probably the most important of the three questions. What do I want? You know why that's so important? Because if we don't know in our heart of hearts really what we want, then we will continue to remain where we are. And probably we'll be paralyzed and stuck and remain sidelined because we don't know what we want and we're living in a state of confusion because of the noise of the crowd that's trying to tell us. Their opinions, trying to tell us what we should do. But the question is, what do you want? What do you want? It's a huge question. It's the question that Jesus asked Barnabas in verse verses fifty one and fifty two. He said, "What do you want me to do for you?" And notice his his reply. Bartimaeus said, My rabbi, I want to see. The only thing the guy wanted in his life was to be able to see. He wanted to get his sight back. He wanted to be able to have a life. He wanted to have new meaning. He wanted to have purpose. He wanted to have something worth living for rather than being sidelined, blind in his life, begging for food, trying to survive simply at the mercy of other people. He wanted to see. He knew where he was. He listened to the voice of Jesus. And as a result, he experienced a radical shift. And what's powerful that I think we can learn from, from a blind man today, is this truth. And I encourage you to write this down. Our ability to see is contingent upon our our audacity to ask. You see, in Bartimaeus' heart, he believed that Jesus was the Messiah. He believed that Jesus could heal him. He believed that Jesus could do exceedingly and abundantly above all that he could think or even imagine. And as a result, he experienced a radical shift because he knew where he was, he listened to the voice of Jesus, and he knew exactly what he wanted in his life. So the question is, what do you want? What do you want for your marriage? What do you want for... Your future career, those goals, those dreams, those aspirations. What do you want? What do you want in your spiritual life? What do you want? I can't answer that question for you, but here's what I know to be true. God doesn't answer, listen, He doesn't answer vague prayers. He answers specific prayers. So, therefore, you got to know what you want. What is it specifically you're asking God to do? And here's another question when it really comes to that place of understanding and really purifying that question of what do I want? Because sometimes what we may want may not necessarily from God's perspective, be what we actually need in our life. And that's a tough pill to swallow. You say, but this guy I'm dating, that I'm living with right now, we're not married, but I'm living with him and I love him. And I know he's not a Christian. But I know that one day I can change that. I can change him. I know it's all going to work out in the end. I know it's going to work out for the good. I just know it because I, I really, really love him. And you say, that's what I want. God may say, but that's not the kind of man you need in your life. Well, we really, really want this house. We can't afford it. And we're going to exhaust our savings in order to get it. And God, this is what we want. This is our dream. God may say, well, that may be what you want. But right now, at this season in your life, That's not what you need. What are our motives? Why is it that we want what we say we want? It's interesting, a few verses up as you read there in Mark 10... Before we got to the story of Bartimaeus, some of the disciples asked Jesus, because Jesus asked them, what what, what can I do for you? What do you want? And they said, oh, we know what we want. Hey, Jesus, when we get to heaven, hey, we want to be your man. I mean, one to your right, one to your left, we want to be right there front and center. We want everybody to know, hey, we are one of the disciples. We're in the inner circle." We got clout. Jesus said, you have no idea what you're asking. You have no clue. You have no concept. Are you willing to suffer with the bitter cup that I'm going to have to endure? for For the forgiveness of the sins of all humanity. They had no clue as to what it was they were asking for. Sometimes we ask with the wrong motives. And quite frankly, some of us, we know exactly what we want. and Maybe we're not getting the answer that we had hoped for or as quickly as we wanted. I know that many of you, and I want to close with this, because I want to speak into some of your your lives and your situations right now. You're facing a major, major dilemma in your life with your health. You're you're physically fighting the battle of your life. Some of you have a wayward son or daughter who spiritually, morally, I mean they are lost. They're running from God. You've done everything you know to do. Some of you right now, you're in situations and circumstances in your marriage with your spouse who has done some things and you've lost all trust, all hope. You say, "I know what I want. I just want healing. I want restitution. I want reconciliation. I want healing. I just, I just want my life back. I want my hopes and my dreams and my goals and everything I desire. I want them to become a reality." And you know what God wants? He wants you to bring your burdens to him. He wants you to bring your cares to him. He wants you to bring those hard questions, those why questions. God can handle it. Because I'm just going to be transparent with you. There is a lot of things that happen that, honestly, I, as someone who's been doing this for over 35 years, I don't have an answer for. God says, I know, I have a plan, I have a purpose, there's a reason. And the only thing that we can do is position our situation and position our circumstances. Take it all to God and say, God, may your will be done in my life. In my circumstances, in my marriage, with my child, with my situation, God, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And whatever you plan, whatever you purpose, whatever you see is best, God, whatever you are orchestrating, God, whatever it is that you desire, I want your will to be my will. And you know what? Sometimes we experience a radical shift. and Sometimes we don't in this life. But I'm thankful that we have a future and we have a hope. I'm thankful that God has good plans for our lives. And as long as we stay faith-filled, As long as we keep following the map of the word of God. As long as we keep listening to the voice of Jesus. Listen. Our rewards in heaven will be great. All of the heart's desires that we could ever imagine will be fulfilled. Not just here, but I'm telling you there in heaven forever and forever, for all eternity. So don't give up hope. Don't waver. Listen. Ask, where am I? Who am I listening to? And what do I want? And keep following the map, trusting the map, and listening to the voice of Jesus. Amen? Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I, I pray today that God has used this series to challenge you, to speak to your heart, to position you, to prepare you for all that God desires for you in 2023. And maybe for some of us it is The little shifts, it's the regular, ongoing course corrections that we're going to need to be prepared for and be willing to make throughout this calendar year in our lives. For others of us, right here at the beginning of the year, it is a radical shift. We need to let go of some things. We need to cut off some wrong relationships. We need to set our situation Up for success in a way that God wants to honor and bless and use throughout our lives this year. I don't know your situation, but if you're a follower of Jesus, maybe you just need to ask those three important questions today Where am I? Who am I listening to? What is it do I really, really want? And tell God, bring your fears, bring your anger, bring your confusion, bring your dreams, your goals, your aspirations. He's inviting you to come to Him. Some of you here today, maybe a friend invited you. Maybe you came, maybe for the very first time and you're thinking to yourself, wow, I I don't even know if I have a relationship with God. I've been to church. I've tried religion. But can I just say today, God knows that you're here for a purpose and a reason. He has a divine appointment with you. And maybe today that life shift is kind of like Bartimaeus. You have been sidelined. You've maybe felt in many ways like there's something missing in your life. And today, Jesus is inviting you into a relationship with him. And if that is your desire, to know Christ and to have a relationship with him, would you be willing to pray this prayer? Just say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for me on a cross. Thank you for coming back to life so that I could receive forgiveness for my sin." Today, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one's looking. If you prayed that prayer just then in the room or online. Hey, would you let me know if you're in the room, would you just hold up your hand high toward heaven today? Saying, yes, count me in. Count me in. I just prayed that prayer and ashamed to admit it. If you prayed that prayer there with us online. Just put I decided in the chat or click on that little hand button there if you're watching on our website. But today, Father, we thank you for the map that you've given to us through your word that allows us, Lord, to be like a light, to be able to follow the path that you have for our lives. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, thank you for your goodness. God, we're expectant for 2023. Lord, we'll experience everything that you have for our lives. Lord, we look forward with great anticipation to seeing you work in us and through us as we follow you with all of our hearts. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody. Let's give God a little shout of praise. Amen. Well, let me just say this as we uh, conclude our time together. A couple of things. Number one, if you prayed that prayer and you uh, raised your hand acknowledging that you prayed and invited Christ uh, into your life today in the room, especially and those of you online, I want to direct your attention to this little card. This is our card that hopefully by now you filled out as you came in earlier. And you can drop this in uh, the offering containers that comes by in just a second. But you'll notice that there is a blue line. And at the bottom there, inside that blue line, it says there's a space where it says, I'm giving my life to Jesus. And today, if you raised your hand and you invited Christ into our life, or maybe you prayed that prayer with us online, you can type the words, I decided. Or for those of you in the room, you can just put a check mark in that box. Or you can text the word R T L Jesus to the number 97000 and it will shoot you a digital copy. We would love to know. And then next Sunday is what we call our welcome party. And we're doing some things a little different next week because it's Vision Sunday and it's Life Group Launch Sunday. So it's going to be an incredible, incredible day. And then on February the 12th, super, we're calling it Super Big Sunday. It is going to be an epic day, and I can't wait for it. And we're going to have baptism, and we're going to do it in the room right here. It's going to be an incredible, incredible experience. And if you have never been baptized by immersion, I would encourage you to run to the tent out front and to be the first one to sign up for 2023 to take your faith public through water baptism. And we would love to talk to you more about that. There is a next steps table you can go to and uh, say, hey, i want to get baptized. And we would love to help you and answer questions you might have. So it's going to be incredible, incredible time. Well, listen, let's prepare our hearts today to give. Let's put God first in our finances. Let's honor the Lord this year in our area of giving through the tithe by really just being generous in our hearts, giving God back where ultimately belongs to Him. Everything we have comes from God. It belongs to God. He's allowed us to be good stewards of what He has entrusted to us. And really as obedience and as a way of worshiping Him and putting Him first, God wants us to bring our first and our best back to Him as a way of worship. And so today, let's be faithful. You can give either online, give in, on, um, using the envelope. You can give uh, by using a text. If you prefer to uh, type uh, maybe a gift amount that you want to give, all that information is on the screen. And I'm going to pray over the offering. And uh, our ushers are going to come and receive it. And then uh, my wife, Michelle, is going to join me on stage. And we're going to close out our service uh, by sharing something exciting uh, that that we are really, really looking forward to at the end of this calendar year. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be able to, uh, Lord, to to honor you today, to worship you today through giving. Lord, thank you for these who raised their hands, acknowledging that put their faith in Jesus. Lord, I pray that, Lord, as we give you our first and our best, we place our offering into these containers or we give in a digital way. Lord, you'll take what we give. You'll use it. You'll multiply it to help fund the ministry, to help fund the vision, to help advance the church, to help advance your purposes and the hope and the good news of Jesus throughout our community, throughout our nation. And around the world. God, thank you for the generous people of Rethink Life. May you bless them, may you favor them, may your hand be upon them, may you smile upon them in 2023 because of their faithful generosity in this area of giving. For we pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hey, our usher is gonna pass these containers. Uh you can drop your offering in the bag and or in the bucket. And Michelle, tell us, because we're excited. We have an amazing trip that we have organized yes. in November of 2023.
1: Yes, hey, everybody. It's, it's been an incredible day, man. So, so good. Uh, We are excited November, excuse me, November 18 through 27. We are taking a trip to Israel. We're calling it our legacy trip because my mom and dad uh, saved for a couple of years, and they took our entire family, 21 people, to Israel, and we called it our legacy trip. We went over Thanksgiving in 2019. It changed our lives forever, and so we are offering the same trip for you guys to join us and we're having an information meeting online on Zoom uh, this Tuesday night at at 7.30. The the travel agent that is helping put this entire trip together, they've been in ministry for 30 some years. Uh, My dad went on trips with them for many years and they're phenomenal the best and so they're going to be organizing this trip for us they're going to answer any questions that you might have but we want to make sure that you know about we don't want you to miss the opportunity there are limited seats because we have a bus that we're going to all ride together around Israel and see all the sights that we were just talking about in this in this passage. We're going to see those sites. So we would love for you to join us. If you have any questions about it, you can just register online, everythinglife.com. Just click on the bottom there. There's the legacy trip to Israel. If you would like to just have more information, so you can decide if you wanna make plans to join us. Make sure to do that, go to our website and that will send you the link to our-
0: Pray over you, Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done, Lord, what you've said, how you've blessed us today. Lord, I pray as we go out into the world, Lord, we pray that we will shine your light. We'll be salt and light. Lord, we'll give hope to the hopeless. Lord, we'll be focused on reaching the unreached. God, put us in places, Lord, Lord, open doors of opportunity. Help us to engage in conversations, Lord, that point people to Jesus. We love you. We honor you. We celebrate you. We worship you today. In Jesus' name. Well, thanks again for listening.